0: While the guys are collecting the cups, I would encourage you to turn with me and your Bibles to James chapter 1, the book of James. You'll find it right after the book of Hebrews. I want to talk this morning about life in the midst of a world of change. Life in a world of change. James chapter 1, and I want to begin reading there at verse 12, although I'm just going to focus on one verse, but I think the context will help us bring us some other light as well. James chapter 1 and verse 12. Scripture says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers." And here's the verse that I want to focus on. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And there is the phrase, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. All right, so it's New Year's Day. It's a day of celebration. It's a time to toss out the old and bring in the new. It's a time to look back and make changes. Traditionally, it's a time where we make New Year's resolutions, a time where we examine ourselves and we resolve to do things a little bit differently than we have in the past. And that's not necessarily a bad thing to do. It's good for us to occasionally take stock of ourselves, to literally grab ourselves by the scruff of the neck, and to recognize that some things need to be changed, and then to actually go and make those changes. But change is something that happens to to all of us, whether we like it or not. We made some changes in our lives. In this past year, as I look back, a couple of things happened to us at home. One of the things that happened was our fridge died so we had a choice to make do we fix the old fridge or do we buy a new fridge now that that old fridge wasn't old Kathy and I bought it brand new it can't be old did you get that oh, that's a lame joke so what happened was we chose to get a new fridge but the trouble is that things have changed in the day we bought our other fridge the new fridges now are taller than they used to be in the space where our fridge fit before. The new fridge didn't fit anymore. So I had to get a friend to come over and help me. We took the cupboard off the wall, took it to another friend's place who's having surgery this week. And we modified the cupboard Then after, so that it was shorter. Then we had to put it back on the wall. In the meantime, there was a big hole in the wall that the previous occupants of the house had to do, and the wall had to get fixed. And then the cupboard had to get refinished, and then the wall had to get refinished, and that took more friends to to do that kind of stuff. It was a big deal. There was another change that happened here in the church that most of you probably weren't aware of, but because we live in a changing world, I turfed the fax machine. We used to have a fax machine as a church. I turfed it this year. You know why? Never use a thing anymore. Fax technology is old. So out with the old, and and we're dependent upon the computer. The only problem is I needed to send a fax not that long ago, and I had to go to my son-in-law's store to do it. But life changes. The fax machine was a huge innovation when it was invented, But its day is over. CDs are on the way out, and for those of you that have iPods, it will probably bite the dust in the near future as well. We live in a world of change, we do. And we live not only in a world that is changing, but a world that is changing rapidly, and that change can be disconcerting at times. But here's the good news life in a changing world, or life in a world of change, carries a comforting consistency. In the midst of all this change that you and I face, and we're going to talk about some of that in a minute, there is still a comforting consistency. And the consistency that is so comforting is this, that the Lord does not change. While our world may change about us, God does not change like shifting shadows. So how do we live life in a world of change? Well, you need to live with it. You cannot deny the reality of change in our world. The other day, my grandchildren and I went dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Uh, Or the fields we went, laughing at least part of the way. But you know what? Life has changed. We don't use, you know, going for a ride in a one-horse open sleigh is fine. And we, I talked a little bit with my, my grandkids about how people used to go to school like that and, and ride in cabooses that had stoves in them and all the rest of that. But, but things have changed. There are no hitching posts in our parking lot. Now, some of you may wish for the good old days, but really, you all drove cars to church this morning. None of us drive vehicles from the 30s to the 60s anymore and if you're really honest guys those of you that are my age or a little bit younger those old muscle cars of the 60s and 70s Robbie are pretty crude aren't they <laughs> compared to the vehicles we drive today So how do you deal with change Okay it's there it's inevitable and so you have basically three ways of changing or dealing with change one is you can resist it Kathy and I went to a a Torch Trail promotional supper a number of years ago, and what Torch Trail had done was they had issued an invitation to the supper and spread the news, disseminated the news via email. And as we were sitting down to supper, one of the guys pipes up and he says, one of the older gentlemen pipes up and he says, you know, you guys should have never done it with email. He says, I don't have email and I'm never going to get it. So if you want me to come back here, you better never use email again. Oops. You can resist change. The reality, it happens all around us. (coughs) I remember visiting with some of our church members from way, way back. And as we were talking about life in a changing world, one of them wailed these words, why does everything always have to change? It does. Life changes. We're surrounded by change. You can resist it. You can try to resist it, but you can't stop it. When I was a kid in grade school, I remember reading a story and seeing a picture that is fairly similar to the one that's up there. The story is about King Canute. Canute was a Scandinavian king who ruled England from 1015 to 1035, as well as Denmark, Norway, parts of Sweden, Pomerania, and some other place I can't pronounce. Now, Canute was a fairly much a down-to-earth man. But he was surrounded by people who did this, and oh, king, you are so great, and oh, king, you are so powerful, and and nothing can stop you, and all the rest of that kind of stuff. You know, you're like a god, and and we bow down to you. And Canute said, you know, that's enough of that. And they said, you know, you have so much power, you can stop the tide if you wanted to. And so Canute took a throne down to the seashore, and he parked it on the shore of the sea, and he commanded the tide to stop. What do you think happened? Yeah, And he did that to show those people who were fawning all over him that there were some things that he couldn't do, some things that he couldn't fix. You can try and resist change as much as you want to, but it's like the tide, and you're not going to sooner or later. You cannot stop change any more than you can stop the tide. Now, another thing that you can do, you can resist it. Secondly, you can blindly embrace it. And we live in a world where there is a changing tide of morality and values, and we need to learn to be discriminating. God gives us absolutes in the Bible, absolutes that go beyond time and culture, absolutes that talk about uh, sexual relationships, about murder, about theft, about loving our neighbors. Those things do not change. And so we can blindly embrace it, but that's the wrong thing to do as well. And the third thing that you can do, which is probably the better thing to do, is to adapt. Let me give you an illustration. I went to a certain chiropractor's office in town here the other day. Um, We won't talk about who that is. But there was a sign on the desk that says, we have now come into the 21st century, and they now accept electronic cash. You can bring your card into their office, finally. You know, and, and, and as much as, as, you know, these good people try to resist it, they adapted. The reality is that as we age, we tend to become less flexible. I found that out the other day. I went skiing on Tuesday with my grandchildren. <clears throat> of course, you know, we, we were on the bunny hill for the first little bit because the chairlift wasn't going yet, and my daughter is standing there with her. You know, now you don't even need a video camera anymore. She's videoing with her phone, and she got this beautiful video of me wiping out on the bunny hill. And, and you can just, she's just killing herself laughing. Thanks a lot, hun. You know, like a like, little respect for your dad here, but she's just killing herself laughing, and I discovered that, that it's not as easy to get up as it used to be. Now, the good news was that my 10-year-old granddaughter wiped out and she's laying on the hill going, ah, I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, it was good. <laughs> but you need to learn to adapt. And if you want to communicate with your children, and your grandchildren whether you like it or not buy a cell phone and learn to text right all right would would somebody take note of that and who said that adapt So, change is uncomfortable and disconcerting, even for those who are young, and I know that we as a family, even things like Christmas traditions, as kids and grandchildren get older, stuff changes around us, and and things aren't the same anymore. But, so we live in a world of change, we understand that, And, and some of us understand how to deal with it. But, We can still find comfort. We need to find comfort in that which never changes, which is the character and the purposes of God. And pardon me, I know it's still Christmas break, but I'm taking you to school this morning. We need to find comfort. We need to find comfort in that which never changes. And here's the good thing. People make changes on New Year's Day. There's some stuff that doesn't change, okay? So... We're going to talk about a biblical reality. And that biblical reality is something called immutability. And I want to talk to you today about theology. Now, there is theology, which is the whole broad subject of, of, of studies, spiritual studies. But theology proper comes from two words, theos, God, and logos, which means discourse and teaching. So theology proper is the teaching of or the discourse on God, on who God is and what he was like. And we use words, some of those you've seen before, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. But I want to talk about something called immutability. And basically, what immutability means is that nothing changes. God doesn't change. And there's comfort in that. Let me take you to some scripture verses. Numbers 23 and verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? 1 Samuel 15 verse 29, he who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Malachi 3 verse 6, I the Lord do not change. And then the verse I read to you earlier, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And there is such comfort in that as you and I live in a world that is changing rapidly all around us. Here are things that you can hang on to, and I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff at you. So sit down, sit back, and hang on, because here it comes. So, what does it all that mean? It means, first of all, that the Bible doesn't change. Now, language changes. The Bible has been and is being translated into different languages. Some of those we use, some of those we don't use. And since we don't use Hebrew or Greek or Latin or any of those other things, uh, English language changes. And so the Bible, in a sense, the message of the Bible, the content of the Bible doesn't change, but the language does. But what was true when the writers wrote it, Is still true today. The Bible doesn't change. God is immutable. Things don't change. What else doesn't change? The past doesn't change. God created the world. People brought sin into the world. God provided a means for that sin. God gave his son. Jesus died in my place so that my sins can be forgiven. Jesus rose from the dead and proved his victory over death. The past doesn't change. The present doesn't change. Today, God is still merciful. Today, my sins are forgiven. Today, I am adopted by God and his family. Today, I am a co-heir with Christ. And all of that is true of you as well. Today, God loves me. Today, God provides for my needs as he promised. Today, I can still trust God in spite of my circumstances, even if my world comes unglued all around me. And today, God is still on his throne and still on control. And you know what? The future doesn't change. Well, it does because things are going to be radically different. But God's plans for the future, God's purpose for the future won't change. You see, God has a plan. When I look at the future, God has a plan. And people can't mess that up. No world power, no one individual mess that up no matter what happens God has a plan and that plan is going to be fulfilled because God is this thing called omnipotence that means he's all-powerful he can do what he wants to do two Christ will return if he came once we celebrated Christmas if he came once he will surely come again like he promised three I know that Satan will be defeated and imprisoned Four, I know that God will straighten out this world. Five, I know that God will make a new heaven and a new earth. I know that we will live with God and God will live with us. I know that evil will cease. I know that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. I know that God will wipe away our tears. I know that the old order of things will pass away. Get used to change because it's coming and bigger than anything else you ever know. And I know we will be with the Lord forever. When we live in a world of change, of rapid change, God stays the same. And I don't know about you, but that brings me a great deal of comfort. There's a settledness in my soul. That I can relax and leave things in the hands of the one who has the power to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, regardless of even my own intentions to mess it up. So, okay, so you're sitting there this morning you think, okay, well, that's cool. Now what am I going to do? So here's some questions. Can you handle it? Have you ever moaned or complained about how things are changing all around you? Do you need to? Can you fix it? No. You cannot stop, you and I can't stop change any more than we can stop the tides. And today you and I can rejoice and celebrate that God doesn't change. And we can trust and we can relax in his immutability. And so my question to you this morning is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Here, here are some of your choices. You can complain about the present. You can be fearful about the future or you can simply trust him for today. Pick one. You can complain about the present. You can be fearful about the future or you can trust him for today and tomorrow and the day after, and the day after that. You have a choice. You can be miserable, you can be fearful, or you can be content. And I challenge you to pick one of those. Take that home with you. Father, we're so glad that you do not change like shifting shadow. You're not a man that you should change your mind. Father, help us to relax in that reality. The fact that you do not change, you are immutable. What a wonderful reality that is, Lord. The past doesn't change, the present doesn't change, and your plans for the future don't change. Lord, comfort us and help us to live in this world that is in some ways coming unglued all around us. May our faith be truly in you. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our lord jesus christ that great shepherd of the sheep equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen god bless you have a wonderful year